Welcome to the Moon and You podcast. My name is Susan Hart. Together, we will explore the many aspects of the female menstrual cycle and weave into the conversation aspects of the full and new moon phases that impact on our emotional and physical body. There is an ancient calling in all of us to lift our heads and acknowledge the moon. Come with us as we explore ways to anchor ourselves in her energies, bring stability to our own cycles, and learn to make the most of each week by learning what hormones govern our days. I am so grateful you are here. Welcome, listeners. Welcome, Kerry, to another beautiful full moon. Hi, Sue. We're just going to dive in, Kevis. Kezzy? Kezzy. I've never called you that before. Sorry, Kez. Just (laughs) dive right in, mate. Dive right in. All right. Well, there is a full moon happening in Cancer on the 30th of December, and this will be happening at 8 degrees and 53 minutes in that sign. Mm. Retrograding planets, they're all moving direct, so it's onward, ever onward to the age of Aquarius. With the full moon in Cancer... Look to see in your own birth chart what areas of your life it is falling in, and that's looking at the houses. So you can get a free birth chart from numerous websites. I think the best one is astro.com, and you can see what houses, which equates to what areas of life this moon is transiting. And there's also a lot of other information on that website too. We go straight on to the moon, Sue. So the moon is our internal world of emotions and describes our feeling nature. It is our instinctive emotional reactions and responses and what makes us feel comfortable and safe. Provided it is not hindered by too many aspects, meaning that it is not in relationship, an aspect is a degree to other planets. It's not affected by extreme conditioning of one's culture that will impede on this moon. So every podcast, I stress this point, emotional security can only come from within. What astrology does, it is the tool to know thyself. And know thyself is carved in the temple of Apollo in Delphi. It's the oracle of Delphi, actually, and this goes back to ancient Egypt. The moon, known for representing nurturing, what nurturing means to us and how we nurture others, representing the energy of the mother or the most nurturing adult, the home, our emotional needs, our special place of safety, security and retreat. And just to explain that a little bit more, where we find our security is for those with, uh, well, I suppose I best use my own example. I have a moon in Gemini. So what happens to me if something new comes to me, Gemini being about information, I will go and gather information about it. Once I know more, then I start to feel more secure about it. But wherever your natal moon is in your in your birth chart, that will be something you will do on a daily basis to get that feeling of security for yourself. It also relates to what fulfills us on a daily basis and represents how we see ourselves, in other words, the ego or our self-image, which is very interesting when you just look at that in itself. It rules the breasts, stomach, which is the seat of the emotions, the female hormones, and it is reflective and intuitive and incredibly sensitive. Now, like everything, we bring in the law of polarity, which is a natural law. It's actually one of the seven hermetic laws, too, if you want to if you want to know, and which is the distortion of the moon. So we go to the other extreme. And this is where 
Uh, one can be overly sensitive, emotionally self-indulgent, irrational and moody. Now, the full moon phase is a time of closure or completion. And this is where the energy enters into the waning phase. So this energy is expressing itself outwards. The sign of cancer is where we are going internally. We go into our eternal world. The moon is a natural ruler of cancer. So you're getting a bit of a a double whammy here. It's in its full force, I suppose. Whatever we started around six months ago, we can either continue with our intention of that time. This is when the moon would have been in the new moon in Cancer. We can continue with our intention of that time. We can continue it. We can let go or we can course correct it. So moving on to the sign of Cancer. Okay, so the Cancer is a cardinal water sign ruled by the moon and, as I said before, it represents the stomach, breast, chest, womb, ovaries and mucosa in the body. It sort of turns my stomach a little bit when I hear it because I've got such a weak stomach. Um, the principle of Cancer is I feel extremely sensitive and emotional. Cancer is reflective and vulnerable and can implode in their vulnerability even though they can appear very strong. They sense the hurt others feel. Rejection and ridicule feel so painful, it is almost unbearable to them. In fact, they have a photographic memory where stressful emotional experiences are concerned. They can recall every minute detail down to who said what, what everyone was wearing, where they were standing or sitting, time and anyone else that was was there. So if you live with a Cancerian and they tell you about a stressful memory that could go right back to their childhood because it also rules the past. They will give you, or usually do give you, a very detailed recall of what happened. So hurtful experiences send them to withdraw back into their shell where they feel safe and secure. So it's just like the crab, you know, the the sensitivity of this sign. Any prickly, it'll just withdraw. Cancer needs to be nurtured and are incredible at nurturing and protecting those they care for. There is an acute intuition with cancer that picks up on where others are vulnerable and will gladly nurture them. Cancer is the mother of the zodiac, in turn describes your experience of your mother in childhood. Cancer loves anything to do with the home, cooking, the family, ancestors and the past. Hugely sentimental, it will hang on to something no matter how small because of the sentimental value. Would you like me to repeat the story I have about my tooth? Listeners, if you'd like to listen to (laughs) Kerry's tooth story, on many occasions she has shared that, I think, on the podcast. I think I have that, yeah. How long is it going to be? About two minutes. Go for it. Okay, so when I was about six, I had a tooth out and I asked the dentist, could I keep the tooth and I still have it? It's rotting away, decaying away happily, uh, but I still have it. Would you like me to bring it to you so you can have a look at it? That's okay. It's okay. (laughs) Okay. You can can keep it in its little hole. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so cancer needs a lot of nurturing for their emotional security, so the home is very important to them. And interestingly, they make home wherever they go. They sort of take their home Mm. on their back, just Mm. like the crab. It holds comfort for them, and uh, they usually are real homebodies. Money also provides security, but it is the emotional security that is important to them. Shyness can be extreme and can, they can be very timid at times, being reluctant to put themselves out there because of the acute sensitivity. 
Huge in kindness, sympathy, intuition and imagination. However, just like the crab, they can hang on to relationships long after it's time to let go. This can also apply to hanging on to things of the past, hence my story of my tooth. Uh, can be very, very difficult for them to let go. So there is this tendency to hoard things from the past. I used to keep things like I had Easter egg wrappers that mm. somebody gave me an Easter egg and I'd feel real sorry for them, so I'd keep the wrapper. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Interestingly, there is a stubbornness with cancer done in an inactive or passive way by avoiding things. The moon rules the tides as they ebb and flow and so does our emotions, always changing and shifting, reflecting the fluctuating moods. There is this distortion of cancer, which I think parents of cancerian children will find very helpful, or you live with a cancer, or if you are uh, have a lot of cancerian energy, uh, make people aware of. Acute sensitivity to the point at times anything that is perceived as hurtful can bring on a huge emotional, irrational reaction. Mm. The moods can fluctuate and change at a moment's notice. You don't know where you are sometimes Mm. with them. If you live with uh, someone that has a lot of cancerian energy, be them child or adult, and they are in a mood, leave them alone. Let them get over it themselves. Mm. Don't ask them if they're all right. Let the emotions subside or you will experience a tsunami crash upon you. I'm talking from experience. Now, putting them both together, Sue, the full moon in Cancer is the ideal time to bring things to a completion or closure, tapping into the energy of this full moon, see where you can find emotional security and comfort. By seeing what houses the full moon in Cancer is transiting in your chart, this will tell you what area of life you will be affected and you can either continue with it or let things go if they have stayed too long. So, for example, if it's happening in the ninth house, you may feel more connected to your spirituality, looking for a broader perspective to things to pursue higher learning in a fun and adventurous way. If it's in the tenth house, this is also a house of completion. It is also the house that is most public. This could be something that has come to a completion in regard to your career or work. Therefore, you can begin to look for new opportunities and be mindful your emotions and true feelings may come out into the open. Cancer is all about emotions and feelings. For stressful feelings and what is causing them, seek out the work of Mm. beloved Byron Katie to find that emotional shift. And once you feel that emotional shift, there lies your inner security. Thank you, Carrie. That's okay. That's so wonderful. Thank you. So, Carrie. Mm Mm-hmm. There were times during my fertile years that I would crave certain foods before my period started. I would hunt through the cupboards for foods rich in salty carbs or sweetbreads. For many people, food cravings and slight increases in hunger levels are a regular part of the menstrual cycle. Yet I always monitored myself for excess overeating, especially if I was overly sensitive, Mm -hmm. which is normally what happens when you have a period or when your period does arrive. Now, the reason for this increased hunger is hormonal changes. In particular, the drop of all hormones around day 28, just before the period arrives. Now, some women, as I've mentioned before in previous podcasts, their hormonal drop starts at at day 22 because peak of progesterone in, in the last couple of days of your cycle 
is at day 21 and the idea is to maintain that level of progesterone. If you get pregnant, then of course progesterone levels are going to stay high. But if you don't get pregnant, the body signifies, hey, we're not pregnant, so it's time to start again. It then drops all the hormones, progesterone, which is dominant, and estrogen, which is slightly under progesterone, and any other hormones that are happening. That drop in estrogen at day 28 is what happens, uh, and you get that little bit of a mood swing because you don't have any any sort of mm. hormones. But some women have a whole week because their progesterone drops at day 21, which happened to me. So research indicates that your body is looking to compensate to stabilize for your mood. So you might just have this food issue one day before your period. Or what if you have it for five days before your period? Mm -hmm. What if your progesterone drops and your body is hunting for food for five days because you don't have progesterone? Now that's... This is a revelation this year for me mm. um, that I I didn't realize that. I'm thinking, of course. So this is why this week, especially if you don't have your PMS under control and if you are one of these women like you and I yes. had their, had PMS for some time, then during this week we're, we're ravenous. Is it ravenous? Ravenous, yes. Not, and ravishing. We, <laughs> we're ravishing as well, but mostly ravenous. And we're hunting for food to compensate until, of course, that beautiful estrogen starts to rise. And it does start to rise at day one. As soon as you get your period in week one, your estrogen slightly rises every day. Okay, so, so I, I have a question. Mm. Eating nutritionally, would that naturally balance the hormones? For me, being a layman in that regard, I would say, look, food, exercise, hydration, they are all impact. But, of course, the main one is stress. Yes. Oh, but what, what you're looking at is that what are you hunting food for? I was hunting sweet bread with lots of icing, mm, biscuits. The sugar. The sugar. I was looking mm. for sugar to, to give me some sort of buzz because I didn't have any hormones. So you might want to consider you know, a, a piece of fruit and water. As I said, I can't advise on what to eat with food, food-wise, but intuitively, I mean, we're human beings. We know what to go for. It's just that we have, if I saw a piece of an orange or an apple on the tree, I'd go and have that. Mm. You know, I wouldn't be hoeing down on some yams. You know, I'd be, <laughs> no. I'd be, I'd be trying to look for something a little bit more sweeter. But, like, it's, but our bodies are not geared to maintain sugar. That's why it's so addictive. Mm. And they know. Yes. The food associations, they know the human body is addictive to sugar. Mm. It's in everything. It's insidious. So, my dear listener... You know, you take back your power and just be aware of that. There's a doctor, I cannot think of his name, but he says uh, that sugar is worse than cocaine. The Dr. Axe? Might He's be an Dr. older Axe. doctor, but there is a doctor that I mentioned last podcast. Her name's Dr. Mindy Pell. Oh, yes. But she talks about food, fasting, hormones. Mm. But uh, I used to do that also. I want that sugar. You yeah, know, yeah. I always go for the sugar. Yeah. So thanks for thank you for answering that question. Right. So with the cancer energy, and I probably should mention at this point, these we're talking very generally. Well, I'm certainly talking very generally with astrology. That's why I always say to people to, or say in the podcast to go and check it in your own chart. Mm. You know, because we're talking about cancer. Cancer is a nurturing energy. Your health must be a priority. 
It absolutely must mm. be. This week of, well, respite and relief, I, as I recall, this was the week I laid on the lounge with my hot water bottle, would be perfect for turning your attention to your stomach. I thought feeding yourself more nutritionally and doing things holistically that would help balance your hormone. So week two, my friends, if you are experiencing week two, days eight to 14, beg your pardon, then this message is for you. So considering the star sign cancer is the medical ruler for breasts, Mm. I would encourage our listeners to make it a priority to get your mammogram done this week. Or if you're too young for that, then inspect your breasts thoroughly. So after the age of 40, your breasts tissue gets thinner so it's easier for a mammogram to oh, to look I at didn't it know that. I always, prior to that you always learn something yeah, yeah. women's breasts are, are heavier and denser and so mammograms don't actually really work as well that's why women over 50 really need to get their mammograms with so with estrogen rising this week you are in a safe place to have this addressed because endorphins will be naturally high due to the rising estrogen endorphins are the body's natural painkiller and naturally occur when estrogen is high I've mentioned that every single podcast. Mm. So I will post a link in the Facebook group for the correct way to inspect your beautiful breasts. And it's so much better with soap or some sort of oil under the shower because it makes it nice and smooth. Mm. And as you glide your hands, I'm doing it now, actually, listeners. So Kerry and I are just rubbing our breasts here. And under your lim- and under your armpits as well, yeah. you know, so everywhere that you can feel. So that's really important. And so it won't hurt you. If you do it this week, um, it's really good because they're full and you have your estrogen as well. If you do it in week one or week four, they may be a bit too tender. And mind you, if your breasts are tender during this week, it could be there could be some hormonal imbalance. Estrogen might be too high or it might have dropped off. Always inspect your breasts at, every week, I reckon. Mm. I mentioned that endorphins are body's natural painkiller and naturally occurs when estrogen is, rises high. So estrogen peaks around day 13, 14, just before you ovulate. So as I mentioned also before, breasts can also be a great indicator for your hormonal health. Severe breast tenderness can be a sign of hormonal imbalance. So while you're at the GP or chatting to your health professional, ask if you can get your hormonal levels checked. So important. Mm. You're never too young to get that done. If you suspect anything going on, just get it checked. Now, here's a side note. (laughs) So I'm going to ask you a question, listeners, and you can be very honest with me. Kerry, Mm. do you wear a woman's bra or a man's bra? Question mark, exclamation Mm. mark. I'm so glad you brought this up. Mm. Since I last saw you, uh, well, in answer to your question, I now wear a man's bra, if that's what they're called. Uh, Since I last saw you, I was experiencing great breast soreness. And I, at one point there, I thought there was something wrong. But I was wearing an underwire bra, and they should be banned, in my opinion. They are the most horrible things. And what it was uh, doing, it was... Um, it, just so I saw, I was having shooting pains in my breast, especially my left breast. 
it was just sore and it was pretty much the same on both sides. So I, I thought, oh, well, I, I think it's the bra, you know. Once I change my bra, it's all gone. So I've thrown those things away. But I just wanted to mention that, how important your bra is. Oh, absolutely. So bras have been adapted and influenced by fashion, culture and sexual tastes yes. of the times. Yes. So from the, I think it's called the Bandua-like straps of the cloth worn by the athletic women in ancient Greece. Yes. To the classic underwire bras we know today, the bra has gone through drastic changes over the course of history. How fascinating. Mm. I personally hate wearing bras. I'm not wearing one at the moment. And I'm a size G, according to my fitter. I have a wonderful woman. Her name's Penny from You Really Are Beautiful. And she has a business that actually helps women who've had mastectomies. Mm. Um, so when I go in there, she has she's got such experience about fitting bras correctly yes. because some women only have one breast. So she fits the the breast that is a remaining and then corrects the other side so that the woman isn't out of kilter Mm. and with such tenderness and kindness so but i learned from her that i'm a size g well i'm a size but i but i was wearing double d size 12 double d Mm. but i'm not i'm a fourth time my back is quite large yes so Although I don't look like a large woman, but my back is large because my breasts are large. Yeah, I have a bit of, I have like a, yeah, yeah. So I back too. Yeah, so I'm a size G according mm-hmm. to my fitter. I wear a woman's bra. Mm-hmm. So when you said you wear a man's oh, bra. Oh, well, I always didn't know what that was. Exactly. So <laughs> there is a woman's bra and a man's bra. What so let me, that? yeah, yeah please. So, so I used to wear a man's bra, right? Tiny straps. Barely covers my side breast area, <laughs> provides huge cleavage, and when I walk, I wobbled. <laughs> I didn't know what that was. Now, well, I don't wear one. So of that's a man's bra. A man loves that bra. A man would probably create that bra because it emphasises the woman's breasts for them mm. to go well. And so for me, I wear a woman's bra, and a woman's bra is like the nineteen forties bras where they cover. All the boob on the side. Mm. And even if you're an A cup, B cup, it doesn't really matter no. what cup you are. It scoops everything up, tightens it, lifts it, firms it, big straps. Yeah, right? thick. Small cleavage, which is okay. I mean, I, I understand if you want to feel sexy for you, wear it. But own it as a woman's bra for you to feel sexy. But if you're doing it, and be really honest with yourself, listeners, if you're doing it for your partner... If you're doing it for them, I would seriously reconsider. It might be for a time you have beautiful lingerie to enhance your sexual activity and to enjoyment. Fine. That's great. But every day having to wear something that's uncomfortable and to acknowledge that it's uncomfortable, that's what I want to share with you today. This this week, it's all about the breast. Mm. And I want you to feel what your breasts feel like in the current bras that you have purchased and may i also say invest in some good bras for you Mm. that you love the other thing i just wanted to add to that is it would be that the week to use that confidence to make the decision because you'll feel confident Mm. enough you don't give any energy at all to what anybody says because they're going to they're going to say it anyway Mm. nobody has to know Mm. nobody has to know what bra you're wearing Mm. you know you don't have to wait Till you're in your 50s like you and I have done, mm. you can do it now. Mm. Yeah, totally agree. Lovely listeners, a week three. So if you've entered into the days 15 through to 21, this is a little message for you guys. So have you noticed this week that the passion of last week has waned 
and you are less enthused about a project, a person or a thing. This is perfectly normal during this phase of your cycle. And in fact, personally, I think that if you're in a new relationship and you started it during week two, week three is a good test. <laughs> do you still have the same feelings oh, that's for horrible. that person that you do when you don't have the hormones of oh, estrogen and you go, oh, hang on, do I really, ooh, do I really, did I really enjoy that? Or was <gasps> I just on the high of estrogen and then I was really excited or whatever? I never thought of that when that thought just flies in your thing. Oh, no. Yeah, I know. So as I said before, this is perfectly normal during this phase of the cycle. This is a magnificent transition happening during the beginning of this phase. It starts at day 14, just after you ovulate, to around day 16. Estrogen, the hormone of fun and adventure, has fallen. And progesterone, the hormone of calm and quietness, is rising. The feeling during these few days can be confusing, causing unnecessary stress and anxiety because our mind wants to make sense of how our body is feeling. Awareness of this transition will settle the mind. It won't create stories. So during your meditations, why not incorporate the image of the womb and ovaries, bringing love to this area of your body. Visualize the egg releasing, the progesterone or the the luteum sac, which is pulsating with progesterone, the drop of estrogen and saying goodbye to the adventure and welcoming the door to the front of your room Mm. and going, hello, I'm home. I know that there's scientific information around when we put our attention on certain parts of our body, if you would have, just like you have just said, I know if you put your attention on your heart, your blood pressure goes down. Deepak Chopra said did that. Well, the mind is powerful. Mm, the mind can, can take you down a path of darkness or it can take you down a path of light. And the person who's in control of that is your higher self. Mm, mm. Well, what came to mind to me in this full moon in cancer event that's happening is the full moon is in its natural house of cancer. For some, emotions can be a bit of a challenge. We can be emotionally triggered and a rogue outburst can be a result. Remember, cancer, the energy of cancer is irrational when it is mm. on, in, in its negative way or it's the extreme opposite of what the nurturing side of it. And if that happens, look what is triggering you and why. Has this triggered you before? Is it something you need to address? This is when your internal mother is there for you because that is also what cancer is about. Be kind to yourself by eating well. Meditation, meditation. It is one of the greatest things you will do for yourself. Love yourself, as Louise Hay says, because for some next week it will catch you unawares Mm. again. Mm. And just like you and I, um, our experiences of that fourth week, in my case, and I can only speak for me, it was volatile, erupt. It was like a vol- I was like a volcano and I was spit like a viper, mm. like the acid would come out of my mouth. No wonder I had a mouthful of cold sores <laughs> when I, now I come to think of it. Mm, yeah, yeah, fair enough. Interesting, interesting mm. stuff. So let's just dive into week four. So this is the phase three of the cycle, and we call it week four because most women experience PMS. 
In reality, though, as I've mentioned before, phase three should be week three, continual until day 28. But that's not the case for most people. The hormone progesterone peaks at day 21 and should remain at this level until around day 28 when it nosedives, sending signals to the areas of your body to release the uterine lining because no pregnancy has occurred and we need to start again fresh. Mm. Now, your cycle may not be 28 days. Your cycle might be 21 days and you get a period on the 22nd day. Your cycle might be 35 days and you get a period on the 36th. Why this happens? Many reasons. But as I mentioned before, if your progesterone levels do not stay high after day 21 when they peak, if estrogen becomes dominant or if your hormones drop away completely, then you're out of balance and PMS will ensue or you'll have other experiences. So a lot of women experience progesterone drop for a week before the period starts. And this is commonly called, as we've just mentioned, PMS. Mm. So premenstrual um, stress. Pack my suitcase. <laughs> yeah, was there another one, wasn't there? Oh, there's heaps of them. I love them all. Something so, about a monkey. Yeah, and my question to you, dear listeners, is what would it mean to you if you could eliminate PMS? Oh. <laughs> what would it mean to you if you could eliminate premenstrual tension or premenstrual stress? So to understand why progesterone drops prematurely, you need to address a few things in your life. This is where you can start. First of all is stress. You can meditate. We talk about that all the time. Kerry just mentioned Mm. it just about three seconds ago. If you don't really like the idea of meditating or prayer, you can just understand breathing techniques. That helps with stress levels and bringing that down. You can look at food. Yes, I'm biased. I'm a vegan. So therefore, I'm always going to say plant-based options. But you know what? Evidence is out that eating a plant-based diet is really good for you. So may I say, introduce more plants. Hydration. Why not just have a week where the only thing that you drink is water for this week? Don't worry about coffee or alcohol or fizzy drinks or Coke or Pepsi Mm. or any of the other ones. Just drink water. Exercise and stretching, 30 minutes a day. All my yogi listeners out there, of course, you're all over it. I get it. But those who of you who are not into the yogic way, then yeah, so you'll need to have some some way of having 30 minutes a day that you can exercise or stretch. And then the last thing is about your thoughts. Thoughts. Mm. Counter your negative thoughts with that may not be true. Oh, so friggin' ugly. Look at me. That may not be true. Oh, I'm so lazy and I can't do anything. That may not be true. Uh, what else can we say, Kez? I'm not good enough. I'm not There's good one. enough. That may not be true, Kerry. These, mm. It's just such a magical thing for you to do is to stop your mind and saying, hang on, that may not be true. That will just bring your stress levels down like you wouldn't believe. So you know, listener, what is right for your body. You really do. You don't need me to tell you what to do no. or carry. No. You're an intelligent, kind, loving individual. You have the full moon and cancer energy to support you during this week. Just love yourself. Listen to what your body needs. Don't overindulge and get started. Get started with your stress levels. Seriously. Totally agree. Couldn't agree more. Now, we're going to sound like your mum now. (laughs) Where's that that, um, proverbial finger, Kerry? Show me that finger. (laughs) Mm. There it is. 
All those things, all those things are important. In my opinion, the most important one to address is the stress. Mm. Our bodies produce more cortisol because I too have mm. been doing some research into mm. this and I'm, I'm starting to understand it. And too many years of this results in all kinds of disease. Mm. Stress leads to anger, frustration, hopelessness, weight gain mm. and irrational behaviour. It is enough that women deal with this week with their cycle. That Mm. is enough in Mm. itself. In saying that, rather, to deal with stressful thoughts, again, we mentioned the beautiful Byron Katie, Mm. and the first thing she says, any stressful thought is a lie, Mm. total lie. It's a relief just to know that. But what this happens, that those thoughts that keep coming back and back and back, you need to address them. And we need to let go of any guilt. And this all happens. Once you address them, all this falls away. And once you get used to doing this routine or going through this process, you can't even go there anymore. Mm. You can't say I'm not good enough because you know it's a total lie. Mm. Thank you, Kerry. Thank you, Sue. <laughs> so people, our listeners are listening to this probably around the 30th. So mm-hmm. New Year is probably coming um, up very yes. shortly. So I am excited for 2021 and for all that it's holding. We're go- I'm going to be introducing a new format for a podcast oh. and a workbook Oh, for really? each of our podcasts that you could download. <gasps> Sue, that's I, amazing. I know. It's going to be great. It's going to be a lovely self-inquiry. Oh, So like every fortnight, you know, you sit with yourself and have some self-inquiry and then uh, we will do the podcast and you can take some information away from that as well. So I'm so excited. Oh. I'm doing the artwork for it now. Yes. So if you haven't already subscribed to the newsletter, please do so. Just pop onto the website, themooninyou.com, subscribe to our newsletter and you won't miss it. So have a wonderful, safe new year. Wear a mask if you can. If you're going out and enjoying yourself, wash your hands, take some sanitizer. (laughs) Know that you are loved by Kerry and I. Oh, yes. And we will see you in 2021. You will. Thanks for everything. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye for now.